as we greet all of you in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Uh, let's just turn to our Bible in the book of Ephesians, chapter 1. God bless you, musicians. Amen. It says, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of Amen. Are you here, believers? By the will of God. Amen. To the saints which are at Ephesus and to the faithful in Christ Jesus, grace be to you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. If it says from God our Father, and from the Lord Jesus Christ is not two people. Amen. Let us make men. Amen. In our own image, the invisible speaking to the visible, but the visible being the very invisible. Amen. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ according as he hath chosen us in him before the foundation of the world that we should be holy and without blame before him in love having predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself according to the good pleasure of his will as we bow our heads, gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you for the rain outside. Lord, some of the things, things, the reason they still happen upon the face of the earth is because the bride is still upon the face of the earth. And Lord, we just want to appreciate you for sending these showers of, our, of blessings our way. And Lord, as we have read the portion of the scripture, we are divinely inviting you to come and reveal the way in a very divine manner to your God. When they were on their way to mouth, how they identified you is by the breaking of the bread. And this evening, how would I identify you is by breaking the breaking of the bread. And Lord, we just want to commit every man and woman to you tonight. And Lord, may everything run harmoniously to glorify your name as we commit every believer who's here and those that couldn't make it may you grant them blessings wherever they are and lord may everything work for your glory as we commit everything to you in the mighty name of jesus christ amen, amen. while you take your seats for just a couple of minutes amen thanks for making to church and uh, very extreme weather conditions. Amen. We appreciate your, your presence this evening. Amen. Now, just a couple of minutes. I want to speak on a, a, a subject, the DNA of a message believer. Amen. That's what I... Do I have message believers here this evening? Amen. Amen. So I'm going to speak about a DNA of a message believer. Amen. Now, do you, do you agree that not everyone can be a message believer? Hallelujah. Uh, the message can be preached to all people, but not everybody can be a message believer. Amen. The second point is that uh, if you were meant to be a message believer, you will be a message believer. Amen. No matter what, God will make sure that you become a message believer. Hallelujah. And the third point is that God is obligated to take the message into the hands of the predestinated ones. Yeah. Hallelujah. That's what I wanted to get out of the way. Amen. And the reason we speak about 
a DNA is because a DNA, uh, or all of us here, maybe just to give you a simplistic view of how a DNA works. Amen. When, when a child is formed in the mother's womb, or when the conception takes place, hallelujah, every cell contains a code that tells the bones to be bones. Hallelujah. Not to be skin. Are we together? It tells fingers to be fingers, not toes. It tells ears to be ears and not eyes. Hallelujah. And so forth. So, your bones, the reason they became bones is because there was a coding, a message that was coded in that cell to say, as you are being formed, you are meant to be a bone. Hallelujah. Not by a scientist, not by a doctor, but by the almighty God. Hallelujah. And then your fingers, there is a code that makes it, that sends the message to that particular cell and say, you are going to be a finger, not a toe. Hallelujah. If, if, that's, if the DNA works in that manner, in the body, in the body, I believe it works in the same in the spiritual body. Amen. Hallelujah! You cannot place yourself. You have been you have been coded to occupy a specific place in the body of Christ. Yes. Hallelujah! That is why, as much as I can't be you, yes. you can't be me. Amen. Hallelujah! Everybody is constructed differently. But before the foundation of the world, God knew that you were going to be the, the, the whatever, maybe the finger of the body of Jesus Christ. No matter how much you can admire a toe, you will never be a toe. Are we together? It speaks about position, and it further it speaks about positional victory. Are we together? I was quite shocked that actually in, in just your arm alone, there are hundreds of, of millions of cells, they actually say if the cells in your arm was was a, a what do you call it sandstones. Hallelujah! You see how tiny they are. They say if 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 your the cells in your arm were the same size as the stone sand, your arm will be the size of a bus. Hallelujah. There are trillions and trillions of cells in your body. But a cell cannot behave in any way. Every cell has got a code how it must behave in the body. Are we together? But what causes cancer is when one cell behaves in a wild manner. Are we together? Cancer, it simply means an abnormal growth of a cell. Hallelujah. That's what it, it, it means. So what is happening is that, and that is why when you are part of the body, always make sure that you are in your position or you will bring an abnormal growth. Hallelujah. There is a natural cancer and there is a spiritual cancer. Hallelujah. And when I'm speaking about the body, I'm not speaking about the church. I'm speaking about the universal body of Jesus Christ around the globe. Are we together? But I'm not, I'm not on, on that of how the cells work. I'm on this subject, a DNA of a message believer. And I want to speak about a DNA in, a context, in this context that it speaks of a life provided by God. Hallelujah. That means the life that a message believer lives is not his or her own life. It is the life provided by God. Are we together? That's why you can never boost and say, I'm a holy person. That's why you become humble and say, by his grace, I'm who I am. To acknowledge that actually it is not my life, it is the life that is provided by God. Now, it answers something there that this life, you cannot live it by an effort. You have to be predestinated to live this life. Yes. Hallelujah. 
It speaks about a life that is produced by God. It's provided and it's produced. When I say produced, it is projected to the people by God. Hallelujah. So that means you become a reflector of the almighty God. It's not your life, it is his life. Hallelujah. And that is why when a child of God does not express the character of God, that child of God will never have an inner peace. Are we together? What brings joy is when your life and God's expectations are aligned. When there is a misalignment, then you've got uh, the devil can put you on a guilt trip. Hallelujah. Now, this life, once God has provided a life, a behavior, your behavior, your conduct, the way you conduct yourself and interact with the people, it will reflect the character of the Father. Hallelujah. Because when we speak about a DNA, now we speak about a relationship. Are we together? And that behavior will reveal a faith that is engineered by God. So that means a message believer lives a life that is provided by God. And God projects his life through that message believer. And the behavior or the conduct of that message believer reflects the character of God. And reflects, the faith will reflect that it was given to that message believer by the Almighty God. But this is based on a consecrated life. Hallelujah. A consecrated life brings a consistent life. A lot of times if you can find inconsistency, today you are a believer, tomorrow you are not a believer, a lot of times is lack of consecration. You've got to surrender yourself so that it must be God living through you. Are we together? I don't know how many this evening say it is a privilege to be a message believer. I really, it's not a right. It is a privilege. It's, it's unmerited grace that God could pick you up and give you a message through a messenger and turn you into, you into becoming a message believer of your time. Uh, and maybe I had much better say to you, you know that there are more people that were deserving to be message believers, but God bypassed them because it is not based on merits, it is based on his sovereign grace. Hallelujah. The devil has got millions and zillions of reasons why I could have not been chosen. But I thank God that God disregarded the devil, God disregarded his reasons and said, that man, I'm going to pick him up. Hallelujah. Your, 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 your election was unnegotiated. Hallelujah. I hope you are still with me here. Now, in the message, I think maybe I'll recommend for you, if you don't have anything that you are reading, read this message, Things That Are To Be. Hallelujah. Things That Are To Be. If you have finished writing the title, you tell me I'm moving to the next title. Things that are to be. Amen. You are still reading in your homes, brethren? Hallelujah. Things that are to be. The second message is, who is this Melchizedek? Is this Melchizedek? The third one, it is the message, the leadership. We've got, I think we've got two spoken with on leadership. Uh, I would recommend the very one that Brother Brennan preached in 1965, a few months before he could pass off the scene. Leadership. Hallelujah. Uh, the fourth one, it is the rapture. Uh, 
There's something interesting that happened when Brother Branham was preaching the message, the rapture. They had booked a place for a certain period of time, and the prophet, the Holy Spirit, just couldn't stop. And Brother Branham kept going. And a caretaker came in, motioned to Brother Branham, showed him a watch to tell him that he needs to stop. Hallelujah. It was a female caretaker. Brother Branham from the pulpit said to the trustees, arrange them that they need to sort out that woman, meaning they need to pay so that he can continue. The devil wanted to stop the prophet from preaching the message, the rapture. Hallelujah. So go and read those four spoken words. Are you still with me? But I want to quote things that are to be, paragraph 31. He says... You were all pre-planned by God. Hallelujah. On that statement, that means your coming here was not by default. It was by design. God knew that you were going to come, and God pre-planned you that you would be here. And if he pre-planned you, that means he made certain provisions for you. He says, nothing happens by chance with God. How many believe that this evening? Anything that happens to you, it happens for a reason. Nothing happens by chance with God. He knows all about it. It's all pre-planned for many generations back so that you could be here tonight. Hallelujah. Your being here tonight is not a mistake. God designed that at a specific time you would be here. And maybe I'd rather say something here that you becoming a message believer, God knew that you were going to become a message believer. And if God planned that you were going to be a message believer, the devil wasn't going to stop you from becoming a message believer. Stay with me here. Brother Brenham actually, and I'll read as I'm reading here, even your birth, the devil could not stop it. Your natural birth, the devil could not stop it. You had to be born. Hallelujah. And the prophet says, you were in your father's loins. Actually, your father was in, his, in your grandfather's loins. Your grandfather was in, his, in your great-grandfather's loins. And you go, if you trace yourself back. But what is happening is that God, from 4,000 or 6,000 years ago, he has been tracing your seat as it was being exchanged from one generation to the next generation to the next generation to the next generation until this generation, and here you are. Hallelujah. When you were in your father's loins or great-great-father's loins, nothing could have wiped him off the scene because you were in him. And once you were transferred to your great-grandfather and left your great-great-grandfather, your great-grandfather passed off the scene because they were, you were no longer in him. Amen. Then you moved into your great-grandfather. Then you moved until you went into your father. And today, here you are. So, if naturally the devil could not stop you, and how many calamities hit the face of the earth, we have had wars. We have had sicknesses that were epidemic. But none wiped off your parents until you were expressed. Amen. Hallelujah. The reason Brother Brenneman says, in, because you are pre-planned, God had attributes. And God knew that you as an attribute, you had to be expressed in the year in which you were born. And no matter what the devil did, he wasn't going to stop that. I'm saying, if you are looking for a great miracle, look at yourself in the natural and say, naturally speaking, I'm a miracle. And if you are a miracle, naturally speaking, how much more, spiritually speaking? Because the natural taps the spiritual. Are we still together? And it says, did you know that? And the congregation said, the congregation said, the congregation said, the congregation said, all right. 
Just think that you at one time, I'll repeat that. You at one time were in your father, in the gene of your father. He didn't know you at that time. Neither did you know him at that time when you were in your father's loins. He did not know that you were there. You as well did not know that you were there. But your expression brought a fellowship. And when it brought a fellowship, he was able to look at what was in him and say, this person was in me. And he was able to look at him and say, I was once in him. And if naturally you were in your father's loins, spiritually you were in the loins of your father. But you can't remember, but you were there. But he knows that you were there. And when you were expressed, he sends the message to bring you, and that when you came, it brought forth a fellowship. Now, you can look at God, and God can look at you, and you can have a fellowship. Are we together? What do we mean? You can never worship him unless you were in him. The danger today, sometimes, even some of us, and sometimes I always say, do not measure yourself against anybody because you don't know where they come from. You know where you come from. And if by revelation you know that I was in my father's loins, I've got a place, and I've been expressed, and through expression, I'm able to go back to my father on the basis of fellowship and fellowship with him. Then you know I was in him. And today, I'm simply saying, we do not know who was in the Father. I cannot say that brother was in the Father, that sister was in the Father. It's not for me to judge. But I've got something that I can use to test whether you were there. What do I have? The Word of God. It is the DNA test. You, You can sing beautiful gospel songs. You can have such a religious conduct. You can belong to a church. That does not mean anything. But when the revealed word of the hour is is presented to you, your reaction to it shows where you were. Hallelujah. And and the the expressed attributes of God will always recognize the word of their hour and they will always believe the word of their hour. Are we together? And maybe because sometimes we are becoming diplomatic. Anyone that God has elected in this hour will believe in the message of William Brenham. I'm not ashamed to say that. Anyone that God has not elected will not believe in the message of William Brenham. Actually, it was not the message of William Brenham. It was God's message through his messenger. And actually, it was not just a message. It was God himself in the form of the weight. I hope you are here. And sometimes, I I can tell you, we've got good people in denominations, but there is nothing higher than this message. Oh, maybe I'll repeat that one. Outside of this message, you can never go into the rapture. If you have not accepted the message of your hour, you can be as good as you can be. You are just a foolish vision. Are you here? And, and I think, I don't know how can I drive it hard so that it can sink in. I, I, I think message believers are, are, are not going around with a sense of appreciation of what God has done in their time. Folks, without this message of the hour, you can never be a worshiper. Oh, maybe I will bring it again. Without the message of the hour, you can never receive the true baptism of the Holy Ghost. Without the message of the hour, you can never have a rapturing faith. Without the message of the hour, you can never please God. There is only one way provided by God in the end time. And that is the message of William Brenham. Hallelujah. Because sometimes, yes, we would like to be sympathetic to the worldly people and say, look, you come through the message or the only other way that will come is through the white throne judgment based on your conduct. Hallelujah. 
hope you are together here. Now it says, now, you see, then you were put in the bathing ground in the womb of your mother through holy wedlock. Then you became a person expressed in the image like your father. Then there is fellowship. The only way that you can be a son and a daughter of God, you have to have eternal life. There's only one form of eternal life, and that's God's life. Only one form of eternal life, that was God himself. That to be a son of God, you had to be in him always. God is gathering his subjects in Christ. Why is he able to gather them in Christ? They have always been in Christ. Hallelujah. And those that were never there shall never be there. But those that were there will be there no matter what. Are we together? Now he says, the gene of your life, spiritual life tonight, was in God, the Father. Before there was even a molecule. You are nothing but the manifestation of the gene of life that was in God as a son of God or as a daughter of God. Now you are expressed after his weight has come into you to light up this age. You are expressing God's life in you because you are a son or a daughter of God. Do you get what I mean? You are now sitting in this church tonight because it is your duty to express God to this nation and to this people and the neighborhood where you associate. So today, if your neighborhood wants to see God, you are God's representation in your neighborhood. A gene of God is, is a reflection of the almighty God. So that means as, as, if a person is an unbeliever, has got no idea as who God is, has got no idea how God is, when they look at you, they must have some type of an idea of who God is. Are you here, believers? If, 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 If this person has never experienced what love is, when they look at you, they must see the love of God. If the person has never seen forgiveness, they must look at you and see forgiveness. What we are saying, we are saying you are here to express the attributes of God. Until an unbeliever who has never read the Bible can say, God is alive. And people can say, how do you know? He said, I have never met him, but I know my neighbor. I have watched my neighbor. There is something about my neighbor. He is or she is. God's ambassador upon the face of the earth. Hallelujah. When fellow believers regard you as a believer, it doesn't mean much. But when an unbeliever can look at you and say, I know you are a believer. Stay with me, folks. It doesn't mean that you will be perfect before them. Brother Brenham spoke a lie. They phoned the FBI, phoned this prophet, we're a great prophet. Brother Benham never tried to be a superman. He acknowledged his weaknesses as a human being and showed God's grace even in his life. He spoke a lie. After he had spoken a lie, then he tried to pray for a baby. The baby couldn't be healed. And Brother Branham decided right there and said, look, I need to go back to the man that was phoning, the FBI agent. And he went back there and said, look, you were looking for me the other time. You phoned. I'm here to tell you that actually I spoke a lie. I was at home when you phoned, and I told my wife that she must tell you that I wasn't at home. This man knew that Brother Brenham was a pastor. He knew that he was a servant of God. But listen to the words of this man. He said, Brother Brenham, I used to believe that you are a servant of God. But now, I am more convinced that you are a servant of God. And here a man told a lie. Hallelujah. The ability to repent. 
demonstrated to a man that this man is not just an ordinary man. He is a true servant of God. I hope we are still with me here. Amen. In the same message, things that are to be, Brother Bram says, wherever you are, God knew that you would be here because you have to be one of his genes or his attributes. You had to be. If you ever, if you've got eternal life, then it was always eternal life. God, before there was a foundation of the world, knew that you would be here. Hallelujah. He knew that you would be here. And when the weight or the water, the washing of the water of the word fell upon you, it was, it was expressed in a being. Now you have a fellowship with your father God, just as you have with your earthly father. You are the citizens of the king, not just citizens, but you are children, sons and daughters of the living God, if, that, if it be that the eternal life then dwells in you. Yes, Hallelujah. Amen. And I'm saying, as we are reading here, according as he has chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, God pre-planted things. He planned you and knew where you would go. Brother Branham actually goes into final details. He says, he looked into you and some of you found out that you love the mountains and provided the mountains. He knew some of you would like to stay by the seashore, provided the seas. So God made a provision for your natural habitation. And if God made a provision for your natural habitation, I think he has made a provision for your spiritual habitation. If he knew that you were going to need a mountain, I had much better tell you, he knew you were going to need a prophet. And he provided a prophet. Actually, there was you before there was a provision of a prophet. Because when God makes a provision, he doesn't do things haphazardly expecting that maybe people would be convinced. When you see the servant of God on the move, the people to believe his message are already upon the face of the earth. Are we together here, folks? Now, God pre-planned things. Some hundreds of thousands, of trillions of years ago, he looked down the line and knew that you would come at an appointed time and decided that you are going to be an elected son and decided that you were going to be an elected daughter and loved you. But as he was looking, because he knew the end before the beginning, he saw you born in sin. He saw you shaped in iniquity. He saw you coming to the world speaking lies. He saw you in the mud of sin. But yet, he loved you. He saw your mistakes. He loved you. Isn't it amazing grace? And sometimes you think your mistakes are surprising God. God knew about it. And elected you anyhow. And because he elected me. Based on love. That's why I love him. That's why I express my love back to him. That's why I serve him. To, to, To reciprocate what I've received from him. I hope you are with me here. Hallelujah. Now the prophet in the same message thinks that I are to be. He says, that's where, that's where we are. We have become from mortal beings, from time beings to eternal beings. When the word of God lit our souls, we became sons and daughters of God with the attributes, the gene of God in us, to be sons and daughters of, of the Father. God in heaven crying, Abba, Father, my God, my God, in my Father's house. Let's put it this way. When God looked at Rahab was a prostitute. But when God looked at Rahab, God did not see a prostitute. 
God saw a daughter of God. Why did he see the daughter of God when she was a prostitute? It's because inside of Rahab, inside of Rahab, despite her life, right beneath where human eye could never penetrate, but the eye of Jehovah can be able to look down and penetrate, God picked up that actually she is a daughter of God. But yet she was a prostitute. But to show that she was a genie of God, when the messenger brother Brenner said the tape boys came there into the house of Rahab, and when they got there, they played the tape secretly. Hallelujah. Maybe they played the tapes of Moses. But when she listened, maybe they played the tape of Joshua. But when she listened, something that was beyond her prostitution, something that was right in the deepness of her soul, began to move. It was the gene of God responding to the light of the hour. And from that time she realized, I'm higher than a prostitute. What about Ruth? A gentle woman who was worshipping her God. But while she was there with the Moabites, as she was growing, you would have never imagined that this woman would become part of the lineage of Messiah. But God knew that right in Ruth, there was a gene of God. And God orchestrated movements for Naomi and her husband to leave Israel, to go to Moab, God's perfect will will always glorify his, God's permissive will will always glorify his perfect will. When they go to Moab, the sole purpose for why they went there is because Ruth had to come in. And Ruth began to look at Naomi and admired Naomi and decided to follow Naomi. And said, your God shall become my God. Your people shall become my people. It was not Ruth speaking. It was not a Moabite speaking. But it was a gene of God. Right in Ruth responding to the call of God. And that's why today she is part of the lineage of Messiah. Are we together? What about Tamar? A very scandalous story in the Bible. When you read the story of Tamar, sometimes you feel uncomfortable to read it, even in a church environment, because of what happened, incest, prostitution. But Tamar, God, let me tell you something. When you are a genuine seed of God, God will find you. No matter where you are, God will go after you and will bring you in. And actually, you are coming. It was even against your will. Some of you, you wanted to resist. And you came and said, let me find out. And some of you even went back. But you came back again. What was the pool? The pool is because inside of you, it was a gene of God. And that gene of God must express the life of God. I hope we are together here. Now you understand why not everybody can be a message believer? Hallelujah. And if you are one, you'll hold on until the end. But if you are not one, at some point in time you'll let go. Amen. Now he says in this message, things that are to be, paragraph 145, he says, now, Father God, I ask you as your servant, he is in prayer. I pray that you will take all the iniquity away from your people. Iniquity something we know we should do and don't do. David said, if I conceive iniquity in my heart, God will not answer my prayers. I pray that God, you will take our iniquity because the weight is you are looking last. That shows us how short we are of being sons and daughters of God. That's why we have come to the service today, so that the word can look at us 
and identify our shortcoming. And we go down on our knees and say, God, help me. And every day when we come here, you are comparing your life with the life of the weight. And at a certain time, your life, the life of the weight and your life must be exactly the same. Because the more you come, the more the weight is being put into you. And the more the weight is being put into you, it is the life of God that shall express itself. That's why don't just be in a church, but receive the word of God so that the life of God can manifest through your life. Are we still together? And it says, Father, I pray that you will do it tonight. How many pray for that? Make that an altar because the altar is sitting full of people. And make that altar there in the chair where they are sitting. Make the heart of theirs the altar. May the world move off from every brother and sister here. May that germ of life, the gene of God that we talked about, that attribute that came from God and has been manifested here to honor and glorify you. God, move the world from that. Every believer at some point in time, there was a debt of sin upon that gene. But the more the word came, it moved the debt away until you say, I have heard, but now I see. I hope we are together here. And the message, modern events made clear by prophecy, paragraph 75, it says, and we find out that God does that in every age. God does his choosing by his own predestinated choosing. You're never chosen by a man. You're coming, it was not by man's design. And you are staying, it's not by man's design. It is by his design. He chose you. And if he chose you, he shall keep you. How many believe that? And he shall sustain you. Even when people have got no idea what is going on around you, but God has got a way to sustain a believer. Hallelujah. And it says, he fixes his nature, the man's nature, the man's style of preaching to honor his gift. And all that he does is to meet the challenge of that day. God creates that man and sent him. And in his own mind, as I preached the other time, we are a gem of the gene of God. He knew that man would be there at that age. Before there was ever a molecule or light or anything else in the earth, for you are a gene of your father. You were in your father, yet you had no fellowship with, your father had no fellowship with you because you were just in him. Hallelujah. You were in there, but you knew it not. He knew it not. But you were manifested that he might fellowship with you. And you being born again, born of eternal life, there's only one form of eternal life, as was indicated, is the Zoe, which is the great word, which means eternal life. Then if you are a, a, a son of God or a daughter of God, you were in God all the time. But he knew what bed and time that you would be planted. He knew when your birth will be. Hallelujah. So now you are made a creature, a son and living God of this hour, a son of God, manifested son or daughter of God to meet the challenge of this hour, to vindicate the true and living God of this hour. I said the other time, I said, God is like this great manufacturer. He, a manufacturer designs a car. And actually, a meticulous manufacturer designs the the, the part, the car parts before he designs the car. And the parts make up a car. The reason he starts with the parts is because he acknowledges that the motor vehicle at some point in time, it might have a breakdown. But if it has a breakdown, there must be a provision for the spare parts to be there. That's why before you buy a car, make sure that the spares are available. Because if the spares are not available, your car is going to get stuck. 
So this great Jehovah, if a manufacturer on a natural level can be this meticulous, how much more about the manufacturer of heaven? When he designed you, he had everything that you are needing. That is why we often say if you need a new liver, a new liver is available in God's economy because he has made a provision for that. How do I know that? A young woman wanted a new set of eyes. And God said through the prophet, what color do you want? Because the manufacturer has got parts. Everything that you need on the journey has already been provided for. Hallelujah. God will never leave his seat on his own. He will make a provision until you make it home. Because why? He takes a personal responsibility. Sometimes I say, when I talk about God, it's not because I'm a fanatic, but it's because the more I talk about him, he becomes responsible. He knows that this guy has spoken so much about me. Now, his name has become synonymous with my name. If I allow him to fail, that means I have failed. Are you here? I mean, if, if your child can start going around telling her friends, let me see. Daddy, daddy's going to buy me a car. And you come and say, hey, I never promised you a car. I say, I ah, know, daddy, okay. Next time when the visitors come, daddy's going to buy me a car. Next time she sees the neighbors, daddy's going to buy me a car. At school, she tells her friends, daddy's going to buy. Until your relatives phone you and say, when are you buying that child of yours a car? She's saying it over and over again, over and over again, until you look at your wife and say, hey, we got to make a plan. Because what? The message has gone out based on your ability. She's bragging about your ability, and it moves you into exchange. Oh, that is why I say God is a healer. Even when I'm sick, I say God is a healer. Even when the symptoms are there, I say God is a healer. Until everybody starts saying God, he says God is going to heal him. And God looks at it and says, I must move into action. Because the people will not say he's a liar. They will say God is a liar. Speak about him. Brag about his greatness. Talk about him. Testify about him. It will move him into action. But imagine if you are a child. You overhear your child telling her friends, I don't know what's happening in this house. Dad is indifferent. I don't even get him. Don't even understand him. Tells the friends until people phone you. What type of a daddy are you? When it will break your heart. Same with God. God has sent a message vindicated by a pillar of fire indisputable that it was a product of God. But we message believers, we look at Pentecostals, we admire them. Do they have a pillar of fire? No. And sometimes it's becoming difficult as pastors as time goes by. In all fairness, in all fairness, young men, hear me out. I just do not understand. It does not makes sense to me. But maybe when you are unmarried, you listen to me. How you can be in the message, play drums for the church of the living God, serve God, and later, see a Pentecostal woman and see a wife while there are young sisters in the message. What does it do? What does it do? You are simply saying, this message is good enough, but it cannot provide certain needs for me. I know such sermons are becoming unpopular because people are entangled in things. There are certain quotations that we cannot visit anymore because people will feel very uncomfortable. Anything that you associate yourself with, has it been produced by a vindicated pillar of fire message or not. It's your decision. Are we together? 
I used to hope I've not lost you. Because there is a young man that I had to speak to tonight. I don't know, but that's how what God has put in my heart. Hallelujah. Yes, because we are becoming diluted, folks. We are becoming that. I'm not speaking to where a man comes into the message and say, look, this message is the truth. And later he looks back and say, but I'm not alone. I've got my wife, but I'm coming in. Such men, we pray and say, God, as you've saved the brother, may you save the sister. But I'm saying somebody whose life is right, but is looking around outside. That's dangerous. Young sisters, are you, do you hear me? You can bring him to church, but you cannot make him a believer. Amen. Do you have old timers here? Do you have old timers in the message? You know, you remember how we used to preach. You remember the standard, but over the years it began to drop. It began to drop until we became very diluted. Amen. Somebody said, if you want to dilute an army of a certain nation, make their soldiers to marry your daughters. You are finished. Amen. He says in the message, leadership, I'm about to close. Okay. God stopped the lightning so that I can finish. Paragraph 163. Do you see those messages that I've mentioned? Actually, on those messages, at modern events, modern events are made clear by prophecy. Go and read that book. You know, be careful when, when a teacher says, go and read this textbook, page so-and-so, uh, he's got a plan about what he's doing. Mm-hmm. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Don't be surprised one day if I come and I say Sunday afternoon, we're not going to have any preaching, but we're just going to have a sharing session based on the books that you have read. Amen. It can happen. I'm just saying, watch out. Amen. Not to catch you. I just want to make sure you get blessed. Hallelujah. He says in this message, leadership, look here. You are an outside person. You are an outside person. He will explain. He will tell you what what he means. You have five senses that contact the outside body. God gave you five senses not to contact him, but to contact your earthly home. And that's where our brethren in the Pentecostal circles missed it because they want to feel something in the body. Hallelujah. You can feel something in the body without contacting God. Then you have a spirit on the inside of that. It has five outlets, conscience, imagination, and so forth. Five outlets that you contact the spirit world with, but with your spirit. Hallelujah. But he says, he says physical, your physical contacts, contact, your physical contacts the physical. Your spiritual contact, your spiritual contacts the spiritual. But inside of that, Hallelujah. An unbeliever has got a physical that contacts the physical. Any denominational person can have the spiritual that contacts the spiritual. But a message believer, but inside of that, you've got a soul. And that soul is that gene that comes from God. And when God deals with you, He contacts your soul. And through your souls, he brings your spirit in subjection. And he brings your body in subjection. Then your life expresses him. It starts from the inside. Going outside is not an outside activity. 
Hallelujah. In the message, Perfect Faith, paragraph 114. So when a man lives by faith and walks by faith, I mean substance faith, he is isolated from the entire world. How many believe that a message believer must be isolated from the entire world? And becomes a new creature in Christ. How many believe that a message believer must be a new creature in Christ? Then you are getting into a bright material. How many believe that a message believer must be a bright material? Then you are getting into a rupturing condition. Did you get the steps? You first walk by faith. Isolated from the world. Becomes a new creature in Christ. Then you become a bright material. Then you are in a rapturing condition. Then we can begin to address you and talk about the rapture. But I cannot talk about the rapture when you don't walk by faith. I cannot talk to you about the rapture when you are not isolated from the world. I cannot talk to you about the rapture until you are a new creator. I cannot talk to you about the rapture unless you are a bright material. And you cannot be in a rapturing condition unless you have gone through that process. May God help us to walk by faith. May he help us to isolate ourselves from the world. May we become new creatures. May we become the bright material. May we get into a rapturing condition. Then we know we are going home. Those are the DNA of a message believer. It's not your life, it's his life. A consecrated life. God richly bless you. Amen. Just a worshiping song. condition, O oh God. Father God, we were in the same condition when you found us, O oh Lord. Yes. Father God, we can even go further and say we were worse off, O oh God. But, O oh God, because of your mercy and your grace, O oh God, yes. we are standing tonight, O oh Lord. Thank you, Father. We say thank you tonight, O oh Lord. Heavenly Father God, as we Father God, listen to your word, O oh God, yes. as we received, O oh God, Father God, from that fountain of life, O oh God. Father God, 
You met all conditions, O oh God. Now it's up to us, O oh God. Father God, you came more than halfway, O oh God. Yes. Father God, now it's our turn, O oh God. Pray, O oh Heavenly Father God, that, O oh Lord, the word that you spoke tonight, O oh God. Father God, may we go and meditate on it, O oh God. Father God, because, O oh Lord, this is, it's, Father God, the secrets, O oh God, unto eternal life, O oh Lord. And we say thank you tonight, O oh God. Father God, we say thank you, O Lord, that you used our pastor tonight, O God. Father God, and we pray, O Lord, Father God, may you bless him, O God. Father, may you bless his family tonight, O Lord. Father God, we are so grateful, O God. Father God, to be able to stand in this message tonight, O God. Father God, for so many times, O God, we may be weak, O God. But, O Lord, you gird our loins, O God. Father God, you help us to stand up, O God. And Father God, it is because of your love, O God. Father God, that we are here tonight and we say thank you, O Lord. Father God, now we pray, O God, as we go, Father God, in our different directions, O God. Father, we pray for safe traveling mercies, O God. We pray, O Heavenly Father God, my Lord, that you may be in us, O God. So much that we reflect you, O God. Father God, wherever we are, in our workplaces, in our homes, O God. Father God, may... Father God, our neighbors see, Lord, you through us, O God. And we pray tonight, O God, be with us now, Lord. Father, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Was it yesterday? I went to see Sister Lebo. She's doing very well in the hospital. Just keep on praying for her that God may undertake. And then last night, her brother was hijacked uh, in Middleburg. And I think he was, after he was drugged and dropped somewhere. And later, when he woke up, he was in the hospital. Uh, but by God's grace, he came out. I spoke to him. God's grace has been upon his life. He's unharmed. Amen. So we just want to thank God for that. It just tells you we live in a very sick society. We need God to take care of us. Amen. It's not only South Africa. You look at in the U.S. what is happening. A maniac just walks into a school and began to shoot school kids. The devil is all over, friends. But we need God that is all over to protect us. Amen. May you just remember them in prayer and lift them up in prayer. God bless you. Amen. You can give us a song. How many believe that?